Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View. It's Friday, so it's got to be Jeff Duncan Day from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune here on Coast View at Super Talk Gulf Coast. Hey, what I want to do today, I want to actually bring my buddy my producer, Kyle Curley, into the conversation along with Jeff. And uh, and just say, first of all, good morning to both of you guys, especially to Jeff. How y'all doing? I'm doing awesome. No complaints from me over here in, uh, in NOVA. Good. How's it going, buddy? Here. Just yeah. cold. <laughs> for sure. Definitely for sure. Hey, so, uh, so Kyle, here's what I want to do. I, I want to get what is top of mind for you as it relates to the saints. But I was mentioning to Jeff after, uh, during, during the, you know, off time before we went on the air, that there's a lot of rumors out there floating around about Sean Payton. We're going to cover that here in just a second. But, you know, when you look back on the season, what's some of the open items for you, Kyle, and what, what do you want to Jeff to address specifically? You know, I I kind of take the whole Saints thing, especially with my relationship and what I do, I take it a little bit differently. I really, to be honest, focus on what I do and not so much who's on the team and who's where. It, it's really hard for me to keep up with the players, so that's kind of what I get out of Fridays is I get to know who's who and who's where because I honestly don't know just based on when I go in unless it's somebody that picked a music selection then I <laughs> out but you know other than that you know I I, I kind of have it a little bit differently from my perspective and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to um, gearing things up for next season already yeah hey so you for people who, who could I don't know how you could have missed this but just, but uh, but Cal does the music in the home games uh, for the Saints at the Superdome. Hey, so Kyle, when a new player comes in, is there a chance a new player, all these changes on the roster, record number of changes on the roster this year, do new guys get a say in the music? It depends on their their position with the team and their role. If they're a prominent yeah. figure on the defense or a prominent figure in the offense, then most likely yes, but any random uh, this is my next stop in the NFL. Probably not so much. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but but Kyle, as you look back on the season, you know what's what's the thing that you remember the most? You know, you kind of. I'm along with everyone else. the The number of starters that we had. The uh, you know we started four different quarterbacks. I think in the beginning we kind of all wanted to see Ian Book. And then for whatever reason, we kind of didn't want to see Ian book again, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's probably just, Hey, it was his first time out. It's a big step from Notre Dame to the NFL. And, you know, I would like to see the team address the quarterback situation. Is Jameis really going to be, I've always had it in my mind. I don't know if he's the future and I kind of like Taysom where he is in that Swiss army knife figure, but that's not where he wants to be. Um, Trevor Simeon, I'm not yeah. really sure. Yeah. So, hey, actually, coming back to Ian Book, that's a good thing. In the history of Sean Payton, he has never started a rookie quarterback until this year, of course, because of the COVID situation. He would have rather not put Ian in that position. Isn't that true, Jeff? 
Well, you got to remember, I mean, that, that was the game where they were missing almost everybody, right? So I, I think I even had a conversation with Peyton before that game privately, and he said, don't judge Ian Book on what you're going to see. Uh, he knew. I mean, they were going in with their hands tied behind their back, missing both tackles, uh, you know, missing so many key players that it was going to be an uphill climb, and, and it was. And, and Miami knew it. Miami was the number one blitzing team in the league, and they just were merciless. So it, was, it, it wasn't just that the Saints were missing people. They were missing people at exactly the wrong positions to be playing that exact team. So it was really kind of a convergence of factors there that led to that poor performance. Yeah, see, that's kind of where my train of thought just totally skips over the fact that we were missing the bulk of our O-line that kept the quarterback safe. And that's kind of been the thing we've been missing most of the season, really. So, yeah, that's my mindset. <laughs> as we've talked about, the offensive line was one of the strengths for the Saints. But once you got into the backups, because of the salary cap issues, we weren't going to be as good as we had been. And you, you suspected that was going to be the case if we ended up having any key injuries, didn't you, Jeff? Yeah, and look, I mean, everybody in the league kind of faces that. I mean, once you start getting down, when you talk about guys like Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek, those are elite players, elite at their position. Uh, they're called blue line players. They, they're in the upper 20% at their position in the league. Uh, you, there's a drop-off even if you get to a regular starter like a James Hurst who's who kind of filled in admirably. Uh, but then when you get below – James Hurst, like a, a, a backup that can come in and hold his own, you start getting down into they're just it reminds me of what Mike Boss said, the longtime Saint Scout, uh, before the draft a couple of years ago. He said, you know, God only made so many big men with elite athleticism at you know at the NFL level. And they're hard to find. And that's why the Saints value offensive linemen and draft them so high, because there's just not very many of them that are really rare talents. And you see that when you have to go down the depth chart. Yeah. Anything else, uh, Cal, before we move on? I'm just kind of curious is what you think their main focus in the draft is going to be. Is it going to be linemen again, or are they looking for any specific position players? Uh, you know, Kyle, I think that will all be determined on what happens here over the next few weeks. Uh, you know, once they get to free agency in March, they usually what they like to do is get to the draft with having all their concerns filled. That way in the draft, they can just take the best players there. They don't ever want to get into the position where they have to draft a position of need. Uh, that's worked well for them in the past. But to get there, they're going to have to address a lot of needs. And I think the number one thing is the court figuring out what they're going to do at quarterback because the two guys, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, both have significant injuries that uh, I think muddy the picture going forward. And then if you're not counting on them, where do you go? I mean, do you, do you try and find somebody free agency? Do you trade for somebody? I mean, there's just a lot of unanswered questions. And isn't there a, quite a few quarterbacks that are being available in free agency coming up? Well, there's a lot of rumors and speculation about players that might become available via trade. And I think that's a lot of rumors and speculation. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I would be surprised if guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I just, my experience is 
that's a lot of pie in the sky hope and it's a lot of fuel being put out there by their agents to drum up interest from other teams that might help them better their position with their current team so there's just a lot of that that goes on and very rarely do you see i mean it never happens you don't see russell wilson aaron Rodgers get traded it just doesn't happen so i'm not counting that now i do think jimmy garoppolo will be traded and that's why i've speculated he could be a potential uh trade target for the saints because we pretty much know he's going to be moved but these other things, I think, I think he's probably the best option the Saints have. Free agency, the number one free agent quarterback, Jameis Winston. So you know he's that's how that's what you're looking. Or Teddy Bridgewater, both have played quarterback for the Saints. Man, unbelievable! Thanks, thanks, Kyle. Appreciate you, buddy. You bet. So let's look at let's look at these rumors around Sean Payton. Some have. An ex-executive said from from Dallas says that that you know they're going to go make a run at him and fire uh, their ex- current coach, and then of course you've got some stories that are being written that Sean may become a, an analyst on TV. What's your read on all that? Well, the first thing I do, having been in this business a long time, is consider the source. So, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. How much of it's credible? Who's writing it? Who's putting it out there? If it's a fan site, if it's a blog, I immediately discount it. Uh, There is some uh, reports that I've seen, and it's not really reports, it's just speculation from some credible sources that say there's a belief in the league that Sean Payton might be considering taking a year off. I believe those are fairly accurate. Uh, I don't think there's any credibility to Sean Payton uh, going to another team. He's under contract to the Saints through 2026. Uh, why would he walk away uh, from from New Orleans with the situation he has? So uh, I, I guess that's my answer to these quote reports. I, you know, there's just a lot of stuff out there that it, it, I'm not sure how credible it is. So how? Okay, boy, this whole notion of taking a year off. How is that even viable in this like? What have you done lately for me, league? What do you mean? I don't understand. Well, I mean, can he can he take a year off with the kind of building that needs to occur and not destroy this team? Well, he'd take a year off and he'd be done in New Orleans. You know, if he did that, the Saints would have to hire a, another head coach, and, and Sean would be looking for a job somewhere else after this year if that were what he elected to do. Yeah. Wow, just never heard that. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Jeff Duncan and from NOLA.com and the Times Speaking. See you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Yeah. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. And the kind of story we were, t- uh, the, the conversation we were having uh, during the break, as two news guys, I spent a career in news and so has he, is this notion of in this sort of social media world and these online sports news sites, there's so much lack of credibility. And what Jeff was saying, you know, there's a lot of rumors that, that will be created. But at the end of the day, you lean on a few really credible reporters from ESPN, from Sports Illustrated, from Noel.com and the Times Picayune. And you, if they ain't reporting it, it probably is not true because they've got so many incredible sources and they understand what credibility is all about. Anything you want to add to that, Jeff? Well, no, I, I think you're spot on. And I just think the NFL is so heavily covered now. It's hard for listeners, viewers, readers, fans to sort through it all. I mean, there's just a lot of gray area out there. There's a lot of people that know what they're talking about. And then there's just a lot of people that don't. And they're throwing stuff against the wall. And I'm sure it's hard for people to put uh, you know, stock in what is credible and what isn't. And I'm just telling you that uh, a lot of the stuff you're hearing about Sean Payton uh, is pie in the sky hopes from other teams speculating. And I shouldn't say other teams, fan sites from other teams, just hopeful and wishful and trying to put two and two together. Uh, if, if Sean Payton were to not come back to the Saints, it would not be to leave to go to another team. I, I feel pretty certain of that. Uh, I think if he were to not come back, it would be that he would want a year off just to recharge, try to get uh, you know some time away from the game. He's been here 16 years and maybe re- reconnect with another team down the road. That's, I think, a remote possibility, remote emphasis. Yeah. yeah. But not going to the Dallas Cowboys or the Chicago Bears. That's not, yeah. I think, in the cards. Yeah, I, I hope you're right about that. And you you know you know better than most. I mean, you wrote the book on Sean Payton and Drew Brees. You have great relationships with them both. If something was real there, you probably would be one of the first to know that. That is for sure. You know, if you look at, if you look at uh, other things that are out there, one of the things I did is check Twitter. And you mentioned just a second ago about Jameis Winston. I mean, his prospects for free agency are, are very high. And you look at uh, this this video that was posted of him uh, in rehab without a brace on, doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, this, you know, this this far away from, you know, a short distance relatively from an ACL rebuild. And uh, he's right on track with his, with his rehab, isn't he? Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about his rehab. Uh, I've seen those videos as well. And uh, that doesn't surprise me. He's a hard worker. He cares deeply about football, and and I think he knows this is a big opportunity for him. He's got to come back from this injury. He's facing free agency. He's probably the number one rated quarterback on the free agent market. It's either him or Teddy Bridgewater, depending on uh, the flavor you like as a, as a team. So, yes, this is a big, big offseason for him, and I I would think the Saints would have interest in bringing him back, but I don't know yet. It's too early to tell, Ricky. I mean, the season just ended like 10 days ago. The the Saints coaches are all off right now. There's no discussions going on on personnel. It's so early in the process. Nobody knows what's going to happen, including uh, the Saints themselves and Jameis Winston. It's just has to all kind of play out. and, And I think his injury, though, certainly complicates the situation. 
uh, because it's such a significant injury. You know, Jeff, one of the things, you and I talked about this, and I hate to do what-if scenarios. It's hard. It gets frustrating to do what-if scenarios. But the one what-if scenario that you wrote about on Twitter in the last few days is that the truth is the Saints won soundly against Atlanta. Had they gotten some help, as we've talked about before, they're beginning to get a lot of players back. And you wrote that if the Saints had made it in, you wouldn't see these lopsided games that we're seeing out there right now. Saints would have been in it to win it, and you didn't care who the quarterback was. The, the situation was that the Saints were were really beginning to peak, even with all their challenges, at an amazing time. Had, had they gotten help, it would have been a different game. It would have been incredibly good games, wouldn't it? Yeah, look, I don't, I don't know if they'd have won or not, but they would have, they would have been competitive. Uh, they, they Arguably, their best game of the second half of the season was the final against Atlanta and they had Trevor Simeon playing quarterback and they beat Atlanta decisively in that game. Their defense was playing lights out down the stretch. Special teams had come on. They had Alvin Kamara back so the running game was starting to click. Uh, they would have been competitive because the coaching staff is so good and that defense is so good. Uh, I'm not sure how far they could have gone but they would not have gotten beaten the way Philadelphia uh, and and um, Gosh, who was the other game? Arizona. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was non-competitive in those games. I mean, they, those games were over at halftime. And yeah. I, I just don't think we'd have seen that. But that said, I mean, that's that's the way it goes. I mean, they didn't win enough games to get in. It was a kind of a lost year, like Cal said. There was so many injuries. Uh, you know, it was just a tough season. And you're going to have those from time to time. And uh, I think there's reason for optimism. The Saints – won four of the last five games. The core of the team should be back next year. And uh, I think they'll figure out an answer to their quarterback situation. And they've got some big decisions to make on the roster going forward. They have some cap issues. But there's reason to believe that they'll get it figured out and at least bring back the core of the roster uh, that's shown by beating Green Bay and Tampa Bay and New England that they can be competitive with anybody in the league. You know, it always comes back to this. You know, we've had teams through the season that kind of ebbed and flowed, but once they get into the playoffs, you know, it it pays to have a good quarterback playing for you. And it's really, I mean, that's you're seeing that play out in the in the in the post uh, game in the postseason uh, playoffs. Um, any surprises to you so far in what you've seen? Not at all. Nothing surprised me. I mean, I thought San Francisco. This is the thing. People are, are banging on Dallas right now and Mike McCarthy, who I, I covered here in New Orleans. I think Mike McCarthy is a great coach. So I'm not buying into that group think. I didn't think they played very well in that game, but I also think San Francisco is very good. And I thought immediately when I saw that matchup, that's going to be a tough game for Dallas. I, I think Dallas would have beaten anybody else in those matchups except San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco might go to Green Bay and win this game this week. I'm not, I'm not ruling that out at all. Uh, so I think there's just a little bit of uh, misguided analysis on that game. I mean, this is a team that went to L.A. in the last game of the year and beat the Rams in a game the Rams needed to win. This is a team that went to Cincinnati a few weeks ago, and you see how well the Bengals are playing with Joe Burrow, and beat the Bengals on their home field. Uh, they're wow. good. Yeah. They're very yeah. good. So uh, that didn't surprise me at all. Matter of fact, I, t- I told our editors, I said, whoever wins that, Cowboys 49ers game I think could easily go to the Super Bowl yet on the other side of the coin I felt like whoever won the Rams Cardinals game I didn't like either one of those teams and I think they're both were one 
undone whoever won. And I think we'll see that play out this week in Tampa. Well, you said that last week. You said the matchup between San Francisco and Dallas is going to favor San Francisco for sure. Um, it's really interesting looking across. I mean, it's, it's some very lump-sided games. Kansas City, man, they're playing really good ball right now. Um, it, it will be it will be very interesting to see how all this plays out. But you've got again, you've got the t- the teams that are left have some really good quarterbacks. <laughs> they're, they're, that's what it comes down to, Ricky. I mean, <laughs> when you get to this far, this is where you have to have an elite quarterback. I mean, you can get in the playoffs. You can maybe even win one game. But I think to get to the big game, that's where it, gets, that's where it separates teams. Guys like Mahomes. I think Josh Allen is, is starting to forge his place yes. into that same conversation. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I really think that's where the you know where the separation happens in this league it's such a quarterback driven league and it's hard to find those elite guys and that's why i said earlier i just don't think when it gets down to brass tacks seattle's going to trade away russell wilson what do they do if they trade russell wilson where do they go they have nobody yeah. behind yeah. Them. you know it's in, now in san francisco you've got trey lance who you traded three first round draft picks to take and he's played for you He's your next guy. So it makes sense. Jimmy Garoppolo has one year left on his contract next year. If they keep him for next year, then they're going to get nothing for him. He's going to leave in free agency. So you might as well get something for Jimmy Garoppolo while you can. makes sense in San Francisco. Not the case in Seattle. Josh Allen. Man, he's a fun player to watch. He he looks like a bigger, more accurate version of Taysom Hill. The way he's so fast, the way he runs the ball, his, his decision making, just amazing. And the other the other, and you covered Joe Bur- Burrow, so you know all of this already. But the great backstory, uh, the relationship between him and his coach, his coach trying to contain him or whatever, and finally just admitting that he's just he had to let Joe Burrow be Joe Burrow. And since he decided to do that, man, it is Joe Burrow has come on strong has anybody yeah and i'm a big believer in these quarterbacks that change the fortunes of their colleges the way joe burrow did at lsu that's a great sign to the next level that's to me truly elite quarterbacks we saw drew Brees do it at purdue joe burrow did it at lsu those are what the great ones that's how they transform the cultures and the and the teams that they're on yeah cam newton did it at auburn i mean you yep. just you just there's so many great examples of that Anyway, buddy, take care. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, look forward to it, Ricky. Everybody have a great weekend. You bet. This has been my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with my friend Jeff Duncan, who I used to work with over at NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. He's covered the Saints longer than anyone else in history. He is the on the NFL Hall of Fame selection committee. He's written numerous books about the Saints, and most recently, the definitive book on the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era. 
Uh, and what he that book's a really good book, incidentally. If you haven't read it, it gives you a lot of insights into Sean Payton and his coaching techniques. It really, you learn a lot about the offense. As Jeff puts it, you got to have a PhD in offense to run that offense. So you got to be smart. You can't, you can't just have the physical skills. You got to be smart, smart, smart. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, what we got to see this year was, a, you know, it, it, we took a little bit of what Drew was doing but for granted. Now we have a better understanding of just how really good he was, especially reading defenses. Unbelievable. It'd be interesting to watch this offseason. So now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Cynthia Sutton. She's the executive director for the Ocean Springs Chamber and Main Street Tourism Bureau and a good friend. And I just want to say, how you doing? Good. Busy, but good. Yeah, so we haven't talked... We haven't talked since the holidays. And uh, the last time I saw you, I had my granddaughter Mila with me, and we had come over for the morning, and we were looking for a Walter Anderson blanket that we could give one of our neighbors up at our, at our place in the Delta, a woman who just cooks us amazing desserts. Miss Shirley is uh, an amazing person, and she cooks. She knows we're going to be there. She just brings desserts. <laughs> so it's the least we could do is we give her a taste of Ocean Springs. But you were there, tending to some cats that are sort of <laughs> wild but have been adopted. Tell me about that. Yes. Well, um, in Ocean Springs, you know Walter Anderson loved cats, and it's kind of neat and kind of fitting that. We have lots of colonies of cats around our community of Ocean Springs. We have this wonderful organization called the Feral Feline Coalition, along with some other organizations that literally help our help our cats out. Well, my little depot colony, I try to feed them every day and have a couple friends that help out with that as well. But we try to take care of them, fix them, keep them safe, and they just live around the chamber. And they're just they. They're my little, my little, my little extra family. <laughs> it was your day off, I remember, and you had you had come over there on your day off. Uh, I think, the, so, okay, a building had been torn down. They're yep. going to do some construction there, yeah. and it kind of shuffled the deck a little bit about where the where the cats were living. It did, yeah, yeah. Like I said, we have a lot of little cat colonies, and this little cat colony lived right across the street from the chamber, underneath the Bayview Gourmet Restaurant. So we had about 10 of those cats, and um, all of them are fixed. But we had 10 of those cats, and when that building came down, they just kind of kind of spread out. So now they're actually um, coming over to our side here at the depot and a little bit over at the um, old Buzzy's breakfast joint. So they hopefully stay safe on our little downtown roads, but me and, a, and, and some other girls um, try to feed them. Seven days a week because they need, you know, they need food. Just well, like good, for, good for you. And you also worry about when cold weather is coming, which, you know, that's, uh, you know, we've had recently had some cold weather, but you guys are focused on that. You know, it reminds me yeah. so much of of Ernest Hemingway and his impact down in uh, Key West and the, the cats that are kind of roaming down there along with the roosters and chickens and whatever else. But right. that's a nice little, that's a nice little part of the personality of Ocean Springs, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, you know, like we have our cats. We still have Carl, our rooster. So, you know, we're a coastal beach kind of nature town, and it's just kind of fitting. It's part of our, our characters of town. Visitors come to the visitor center um, every week and are like, oh, you guys take care of cats? Or I saw a rooster on the next road. Is that is that normal for your town? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it just part, it's part of the character. And uh, as we all know, Walter Anderson liked cats. So, you know, it's kind of, kind of, you know, go, you know, he kind of so, sent him our way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a lingering impact of his incredible contributions to to art and philosophy and poetry. And I, I love spending time with my friend Robert St. John's, who recently did the book that's on, you know, for sale all over the city. Uh, the book on Walter, the definitive book. What an incredible book. And then, Isn't of course, it? worked with the worked with the collaborator on the documentary, which is incredible. I've, I've watched it probably five times because it gives you incredible insights into this multifaceted man who was Walter Anderson. literally gave his life, at the detriment to his family even, gave his life to art and pursuit of, you know, just continuing to evolve his craft. What an, yep. I mean, truly re remarkable man, wasn't he? Yes, he was. I mean, I mean, we're, we're very honored to have the Walter Anderson Museum of Art to, you know, pay homage to his his story and his history. And, you know, people are I mean, it's neat that we're just constantly rediscovering new things. And with the book and the film that came out and to see how the family just took to it. And, you know, some of them, when they watched the, the video, I heard the stories that they just cried, you know, just to just to be a part of it. It's a very cool family, a very cool artist um, that we are very fortunate to have a part of Ocean Springs and people don't understand sometimes how nationally known he is and right here in Ocean Springs we have his um, legacy so that's really cool his legacy for sure and what what I have said about the book and about the documentary mm -hmm. that it will have my, my, my estimation on this is that it will have the same sort of impact as uh, the George Orr book that was done and the way that it sort of touched you know art collectors in new york and exactly. how the rest is kind of history after that uh, i think that that walter anderson too will and his unique approach to, to art will be introduced to people around the world in ways that we don't fully appreciate now and i think it's going to help make his work which is already incredibly dynamic and interesting even more popular and, oh, I I mean, that, and that's good for ocean springs isn't it Exactly. Just like even, you know, that um, the, the HGTV show uh, also has helped with uh, the folks that, from Laurel, Mississippi that literally love to decorate with Walter Anderson inspired work. So um, it's just I, I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just quite amazing how um, we just get to be a part of all of that. And, you know, he was just doing what he just did every day. He was just living to him his normal life. So you have a dual responsibility. You're the executive director of Ocean Springs Chamber, which we'll come back to in just a second. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Main Street Tourism Bureau where people yep. stop in. They, I often say about um, that, that, that part of the coast coming in from Florida and Alabama and wherever, I-10, that there's a giant sucking sound that comes off of I-10. <laughs> And a lot of those people end up at the Main Street B Tourism Bureau. I'm curious, hey. when someone kind of pops in there, which you see them just walking in from all over the United States and some from around the world. Do they ask about Walter Anderson? Are they aware of yeah. that when they get there? Or t talk to me about that. Yeah, a lot of them do, actually. Um, we actually had a lady who's actually bringing a tour group into town 
um, in a couple of months. And that's one of the main things that she said, that she wants to make sure that they can go visit the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. And that's just, um, you know, the, the Anderson family and the folks that work at the Walter Anderson Museum of Art have done a wonderful job of getting that information out of who Walter is and what he does and carrying on, like we said, that legacy. Um, so everybody knows that. So yes, that is actually one of the main things that visitors ask about when they get here. Always, always. Well, they and he probably had a good sense that in, after his death that his art would continue to be very well appreciated and popular. And, and certainly they're right about that. That is for sure. Yes. Um, so when you look at your numbers, when you look at the number of visitors that are that are coming to Ocean Springs and coming through the Bureau, how does it compare to last year and what, what you're thinking these days? Well, you know, our numbers are still down, but they're growing. You know, when we went through COVID, of course, you know, that the visitor um, uh, the visitor pool was actually still there. It wasn't non-existent. It was just very, very low. And from last year to this year, we're actually seeing a huge increase in visitors. We've got about half of our visitor traffic back from where we were. So we see on average probably about 200 to 250 visitors a month. Whereas before COVID, we would see 400 to 500 visitors a month. And this time of year right now, January through April, is in Ocean Springs, our snowbird time everywhere. But, you know, down here on the, on the coastal Mississippi. But in Ocean Springs, we see them January through April. And, um, the, I mean, they're, they're coming back. We've seen this year, just the month of January, more snowbirds than we saw last year. So the number keep, numbers keep ticking upwards. I mean, we've seen people just this week from Michigan, from Wisconsin, from Illinois, um, that are just down here to get away from, as one of them said yesterday, two, the temperature was two degrees <laughs> in, their, in their city. So they're glad to be down here. <laughs> Where today... So we, we, uh, we, we, we've always appreciated the emergence of, uh, of snowbirds this time of year here in coastal Mississippi, mm -hmm. and they fall in love with it, and they come back time and time and time again. I know you, I know you see that as well. Yeah. Hey, when we come back, Cynthia, we'll, uh, we'll go over to the chamber side of the business and see what the latest is there. You guys, you know, you, you're always, you've always got something going on, events and other things, and we'll get an update on all that. We'll see you after this with Cynthia Sutton from the Ocean Springs Chamber and Main Street Tourism Bureau. We'll see you in just a second. So listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast. You have Cynthia Sutton, who's the executive director for the Ocean Springs Chamber and Main Street Tourism Bureau. Hey, before we move the chamber business, we mentioned you mentioned actually during the break about king cakes and how <laughs> some of the snowbirds are engaging in that. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. So we started a few years ago an annual king cake contest that, of course, happens um, during the Mardi Gras season in our visitor center in Ocean Springs, and the purpose of it is um, to help educate our 
travelers that come through on what Mardi Gras is. And just recently, we had, I was just kind of telling some kind of stories, a little bit of um, the folks that we've had in to taste our king cakes. They get to vote for their favorite. And, of course, we give an award at the end of the season to our local bakery or restaurant that has the coolest king cake treat, as I'll call it. It doesn't have to be a king cake, king cake, but something Mardi Gras inspired. But we've actually had some visitors recently that have come in and kind of helped us kind of prove um, what the purpose is of the contest. We had this wonderful young lady and her daughter that just moved here a year ago and knew about Mardi Gras, but had never tasted a king cake. So her and her daughter are coming in each week through the season and together tasting king cake for the first time ever. We've also had a couple from Michigan that has come in and they, they said, we know the history of a king cake, but we've never tasted one. So... We're kind of giving those travelers opportunities to kind of learn more about the season and, um, of course, support our local restaurants with the King Cake contest. That's, that's so cool. And, you know, <laughs> King Cake is like gumbo. They're so different. Each one depends on who makes right? it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've had, we have King Cake King Cakes, you know, with the, the different fillings in it, to the traditional King Cake, to the Tato Nut Donut, to Quakes even makes a King Cake ice cream. Ocean Springs <laughs> Daiquiri Factory makes a King Cake um, drink. So all kind of cool kind of ways people kind of celebrate the season here. So what's the uh, top of your agenda on the chamber side of the business these days? Uh, well, chamber side, we're getting ready. In the first quarter of the year, we like to do our annual meeting. We kind of like to do a recap and tell the community how the previous year was for us at the chamber and, you know, the community of Ocean Springs from business development to events and activities. And we're going to host that event on February 24th. Um, at the Civic Center in the middle of town. But some of the cool stuff that we're going to kind of tell you is some of the figures for Peter Anderson Festival was, uh, I mean, it the, the, the vendor sales and things like that surpassed the figures from our pre-COVID years. And then we've actually had more than 50 new businesses open in just the 2021 year. So in Ocean Springs, hopefully we kind of keep going and our sales tax keeps going up. And hopefully a lot of it's generated by the events and activities. And we have a full year of events and activities that we are hosting or partnering with some of our businesses throughout the year, including the Spring Arts Festival. We've created two new networking events. You know, we have we host breakfast with the mayor. That first one will be in February, but we're also adding cappuccino with cops in May to hear from the new from the police chief some information to the public and then we also have frappuccino with fire that's going to be on march 2nd and that you'll hear from fire chief mccoy so this is kind of a way that our community can hear from some of our folks that you know we feel are very important within our community that make a change. You know, the fire department just developed their new um, training tower last year the police department always works hard and honors um, some of their uh, main people that really, I mean, some of the stories that you hear that are police and our fire go through, even in the community of Ocean Springs that people don't get to hear about is definitely uh, amazing, astounding, um, something we definitely want to kind of share their stories a little bit more that they protect and serve and help our community. So those are just well, some of the, our events in the first quarter. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, actually, in my recent conversation with Mayor Kenny Holloway, he actually mentioned working with you. Uh, you know, he, he hit the ground running, didn't he? Yes. 
Definitely. I'm so glad, you know, that he is, he just came in and he's from Ocean Springs. So he's, uh, you know, always kind of had a part of the Ocean Springs community. So he just kind of rolled right, right in there. And as I kind of like to say, even with kind of people here, you know, and what we do in Ocean Springs just kind of threw him in there and you just kind of learn and go along the way. And he's already done some amazing things in the community, some art projects that he's going to put into place and some cool things that really fit with the character of town. So that's cool. Well, I think the fact that um, the, his long association with A.J. Holloway, the, the long tenured mayor in, in uh, Biloxi, the yeah. fact that he was into real estate. He was an entrepreneur. He did different kinds of businesses, but, but obviously more recently was in the real estate business. Mm -hmm. I've always said that gave him a competitive advantage in a way because he understands the value of land. He understands how to create value in land. And since he's from Ocean Springs, he knows the sens sensibilities related to that, the sensitivities yeah. related to that. And uh, he knows there's a lot of voices involved in the democracy uh, in a place yeah. like Ocean Springs, which that's good. I mean, that means that the outcomes are going to be better ultimately, but um, he seems to really be enjoying himself. Oh, yeah, he does for the king cake contest. We're going to, we brought him uh, a king cake, king cake and the ice cream this week for him to try out. So we're throwing him in in a little bit of everything that we do. So, you know, it's, it's really fun to work with um, Kenny Holloway. We had a big Halloween event in October, and he even dressed in full costume to be a part of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. He's such a good sport. I've known him for many years. Hey, listen, Cynthia, we're running out of time, but uh, thank you for the update from the yeah. Chamber and from the Main Street Tourism Bureau, and we'll check in with you soon in a few weeks. You bet? Sounds good. Okay, you bet. So anyway, this has been Cynthia Sutton. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.